0: Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and
1: pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment.
0: Hey guys, I know you're expecting the guest introduction, but we've got something extra for you today. Um, so David and I have been talking about the podcast plans for 2020. I know we gave you some ideas back in, uh, I think it was our Christmas special, where we discussed our, you know, what we were wanting to do with the podcast. But we've sort of realised we've reached a point where we've grown probably a hell of a lot more than we expected.
1: Yeah, like, well, I don't think either you or I anticipated like the response, the amount of downloads we're getting, the positive feedback. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's grown so much quicker than what we thought. Um, And at the same time, we've been approached by various companies and individuals about wanting us to potentially promote their product through some kind of sponsorship. So we've sort of been weighing this up a little bit and we thought, hey, this is a great opportunity for us to be able to bring you more content and align ourselves with brands and products that that we believe in and are in line with the podcast itself.
0: Yeah, it's really important that, I guess, if we're going to take on a sponsor, which we're obviously happy to do because it allows us to do more, but it just has to be with our core message of looking good, feeling good, those kind of messages. So um, we were super lucky, I guess, to um, be reached out by BTL Aesthetics, who we hosted on episode
1: 33. Yeah, they came on and spoke to us about um, the M Sculpt machine and the M seller and actually even Jakey spoke about... Um, your treatment that you, that you had
0: done. <laughs> don't worry that's coming for some stories in the future david we'll, we'll do my own experience and give people a bit more insight into how it all works but um gareth pepper who works for btl aesthetics and of course their key opinion leader ian Chin-C, uh, we had a really good chat and we had amazing feedback from our listeners you guys about um you know just the content itself but also the device the M Sculpt itself so i guess just to remind you the M Sculpt uh, is one of these devices um that's used to build muscle as well as burning fat, it's actually the only device in the world that can do that. Um, Gareth, uh, when he was on the podcast, he was saying that there have been 13 clinical studies to back up this, um, including MRIs and CT scans and ultrasound and even histology. So essentially, the M device is used in both the abdomen and the buttocks. And then, um, Gareth did mention that they're also releasing some bicep and tricep devices to build up the muscles of the arms as well. So it's a pretty diverse um, device and the amazing thing that i found when i did the treatment is actually there's absolutely no downtime so you're building tone and muscle and definition of your abdomen and also you feel stronger um, but with zero downtime
1: yeah i'd be actually interested to try it myself i mean i know that you're someone that um doesn't engage in sort of uh resistance training or any sort (laughs) of (laughs) any sort of regular exercise routine so for someone like myself who you know partakes in those sort of exercise it'd be interesting to see what it's like from someone that already is quite physically active and and what the results are like so nudge nudge wink wink gareth i would like a treatment absolutely
0: we'll get that sorted so um just to sort of i guess confirm we are now uh with a sponsor btl aesthetics and uh thank you so much gareth and the guys at
1: btl So with that in mind, for anyone that would like more information on BTL Aesthetics and the products that they sell and provide, um, whether you be a patient or a clinic, you can reach them at btlaesthetics.com. And when you're on the website there, you can actually choose whether you're a patient or a provider or a potential provider um, and send your inquiry off. So if you want more information, that is how you contact them. Enjoy the podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Gordon Koo. Dr. Koo is a board-certified cosmetic physician from Melbourne, Australia, and is one of Australia's leading experts on non-surgical thread lifts. Dr. Koo is a fellow and trainer for the Australasian College of Cosmetic Surgery, a faculty trainer of the American Academy of Aesthetic Medicine, a fellow and trainer for the Institute of Medical Aesthetics in Dubai, and a key opinion leader for Sinclair Pharma. Good
2: morning, Dr. Gordon Koo, how are you today? Hello, thank you, Jake and David, for inviting me to this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for flying in. You've come from Melbourne, have you? Yeah, that's right. What What were you doing down in Sydney or up in uh, Sydney? I'm, I'm visiting some friends and yeah. uh, having. I've got some meetings in Sydney. Nice. So uh, I was always constantly learning. So yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so I attend courses here too. Were you training or learning this time? I'm actually learning this time. Ah, oh, what were you? Yeah. Which course were you doing? Uh. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say it, but is it like top secret information? (laughs) Uh, But I I was uh, learning uh, some updated, new technology on threads. Ah, okay. Okay. Well,
0: maybe we'll we'll save that one for the future. Yeah, do another podcast. So, um, Gordon, tell us about your background, because you know we kind of struggled to find if you like a thread expert in inverted commas I don't know really what that means but someone with a lot of experience and you know some people kind of dabble with them sometimes people have played with different brands and there's there's no real consensus on well firstly what brands to use which is why you're here to talk to us but also who is the expert but a lot of people said go to Gordon he's the man so uh, tell us about your background
2: Okay, thank you. Um, So, Jake, like yourself, uh, after medical school, I did surgical training for a few years. And I was actually training to become an orthopedic surgeon. Right, okay. Um, And as life happened, uh, I decided that becoming an orthopedic surgeon wasn't quite for me. So, I also explored other options in medicine. So, And by pure coincidence, one of my friends who owned a laser cosmetic clinic, uh, he was looking for a doctor to prescribe for his nurse injectors. Yeah. And that was my first uh, exposure to cosmetic medicine. When was this, how long have you been doing Oh, this is probably about seven years ago now. Okay, yeah. yeah. And that was, so I, f- I just found the, in- the industry so interesting. Yeah. And uh, so I started doing lots of research, attended lots of conferences and courses. And at that one stage, I think I was pretty much known as the guy I was at every conference. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. You, can, yeah. you can't learn enough. Uh, I, so I attended lots of courses too, not just in Australia, but also in Asia, in Dubai, in Europe as well. And what's really attracted me to this industry is that there's just always something new that comes out every year. Uh, it could be a new filler, a new treatment a new laser machine at least just goes on and on so I also find it very rewarding to see my patients looking better and feeling better yeah and that's what really attracted me to to this industry and gives me the job satisfaction sorry
1: so just to qualify uh clarify so these conferences that you attended so was was it was the uh driving reason behind this tax deductible holidays or was it really
2: (laughs) (laughs) was it education yeah yeah yeah, a a bit of both
0: Yeah, that's one of the perks. So, where, where was the most interesting conference that really triggered your sort of path into what you're doing now?
2: Uh, I, I like the the overseas, the, the international ones, especially the in-cast in Paris. Yeah, oh, that yeah. conference is huge. I've been to that a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, that, you just feel so pumped afterwards. And there's just so many people. I think they're up to about 10,000 yeah, attendees yeah. now. Yeah. You year. realize
1: how how small we are here in Australia compared to the rest of the world. When you go to these conferences and you just see like masses of people just at these, con- it's just, you feel, you, you get a sense of just how big the the worldwide community is in this, in this area of medicine.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, I like the courses I attended in Dubai as well. And mm. now I'm, I'm a trainer there now. So, yeah, great. uh, so I, I teach threat leaves anatomy, and injectables there in Dubai as well. So where
0: do you do it in Dubai? Is it like uh, is it part of a brand or just a, a one-off sort of uh, third party? They've got
2: an academy where I did my training. Oh wow! There, uh, I think they've got a good course, and uh, they've got theory and hands-on. So Fantastic. It's, so it's very comprehensive. And is
0: that with a particular brand? Because a
2: lot of people are interested in
0: you know you've heard of Silhouette and Mint Threads and you've probably told me a hundred others. But like, how does it work? Is it just with one brand, or you're teaching all sorts of stuff within that course?
1: We teach all sorts of stuff ah, that Okay, that yeah. well, That's good. Yeah. yeah. So threads have been around for like a really, really long time. I mean, I remember when I first got into the industry about oh, 15 years ago, they were, they, were, they were around, people were doing them. And you hear about them, as, as Jake said, like you hear some doctors who swear by them and, you know, patients who swear by them, and then you hear the opposite end of, of the spectrum as well. People just go, look, they're no good. You might as well just get a facelift. You might as well get fillers. <laughs> so why do you think that is? Why do you think it's been such a – I guess, an unknown or sort of mysterious little area within within the cosmetic industry. And there's
2: so many opposing views. Why, why do you think that is? I think they're still relatively new compared to, uh, say, dermal fillers. Yeah. And uh, and like with any cosmetic treatments, the cosmetic result would depend on patient selection, mm. the product, and the practitioner's experience and skills. Yeah. So... And because it's still quite new in this industry, and uh, when you hear bad things, it sort travels quicker than good things. Yeah. So luck with thermal fillers. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So I guess
0: it's um you know, unlike toxins or fillers, where you know the property of that product is by and large how the the action works. It's the skill of the thread practitioner that by and large defines on how the the, the result is. Is that?
2: Well, it's it's I think it's a it? bit of both uh so so as part of this podcast i'm I'm hoping to clarify some some myths Please do. <laughs> about the threats uh yeah it, it's like with any cosmetic uh product or even machines uh I'm sure everything works It just it de- it does depend on how the practitioner uh use it yeah, yeah. okay
0: absolutely so Should we define for those people who don't even know what we're talking about, what is a thread or a thread
2: lift? Okay, a thread lift can be a confusing and complex subject to explain because there's just so many different types of threads on the market right now. And they all work a bit differently. So to try to explain what a thread lift is, it's a bit like trying to explain what a car is. Uh, so, uh, so, so, to try, say to try to explain what a car is, you know, there the are cars that, the simplistic way to explain what a car is, is that it's a vehicle that has four, four wheels and can take you from A to B, mm-hmm. uh, but not all cars are the same. So, you've got your sedans, you've got your four wheel drives, you've got your sports cars, convertibles. So, while they can all take you from A to B, but they all work slightly differently as well. So, there are many different brands of threads on the market, but in a nutshell, uh, thread lift is a procedure that involves the insertion of threads under the skin in that subcutaneous layer. That's a simplistic answer. And um, thread lifts, the term thread lift itself, sometimes is referred to as suture lift Mm -hmm. or suspending sutures. So, just to confuse the public even more, if I've got patients come to me, they go, do you do suture lift or do you do thread lift? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, right. um, so I guess, you know, we've both got surgical backgrounds. If, yep.
0: if the layperson listening to this thinks of a surgeon using, you know, what you use to, to close skin, the, the suture, that sort of blue material, it's analogous to that. It's a stringy yep. kind of thing yep. that goes under the skin in some way to create lift and, and less sagginess. That's it.
1: Okay. That's and it. what is the thread made from?
2: Uh, so yeah different Depends types of car th- you're driving uh, it? Yeah, so different types of threads <laughs> okay uh, I, I can be quite different in terms of function, yeah, design and material, so
0: maybe it would be useful to summarize I guess maybe some brand names first and what they're made of or, or what they're designed for, and then we can go down those various different paths potentially uh
2: yeah, okay the, it might be a bit confusing to go straight into the different brands because it's like trying to explain uh, BMWs versus Audis, uh, which one's better, okay. what, what are they made of, uh, what sort of cars they have. So uh, I'm going to just categorize the different types of threads just to Perfect. clarify. Uh, so to start with, there are permanent threads and non-permanent threads. Okay. The, the permanent threads are threads that are made of materials that do not dissolve, so they stay in the body forever. Yes. So they're permanent threads. And then there are the non-permanent threads, which are metal materials that dissolve. Okay. So that's analogous to dermal fillers, permanent, non-permanent. Correct, correct, yeah.
1: And I guess for anyone listening, when we're saying, for someone, people that are listening that are maybe not medical, so... Same sort of principle applies when you go to like, if you cut yourself and you go to like the emergency department and someone stitches you up or you have an an operation, you've got your permanent and non-permanent sutures. So, it's basically the same sort of concept. So, sometimes they dissolve on their own, the body breaks it down and then sometimes they stay there forever.
2: That's it. Okay, cool. Got it. it. And then, okay. So, today we're mainly talking about the non-surgical thread lifts. Yes. They are actually surgical and non-surgical thread lifts. So, the the surgical ones are the ones that we need to cut open the skin with a scalpel. So, it's surgical and the threads are inserted surgically. Yes. So, the non-surgical threads are is the focus of our discussion today is that uh, they're the threads that don't require cutting open the skin with a scalpel mm-hmm. and they're just inserted under the skin using usually a needle or cannula. Right. So, So we're talking about mainly today the non-surgical Non-permanent <laughs> threads. Okay, um, and what's that
0: one or those threads made from?
2: Okay, so then there are different materials, <laughs> and design, and you can see why on, this is so tricky, yeah. <laughs> That's it. So let's talk about the different designs. The, the main categories of design. The, so, so under the non-surgical, non-permanent threads, they are con- the threads that are with cones on them. And they are threads with barbs. So they're barbed threads or coned threads with cones. Yes.
0: So when you say a cone, you've got a piece of string with the apex of the cone sort of threaded on yeah, uh, and multiple of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that acts as like an anchor. That's it. So yeah. when you pull it through the skin, it sort of stops and That's you have right. to give it a bit of a lift.
2: That's right. Okay. So just uh, about about that, the reason why they have cones or barbs on the threads is they they they, aim, they all aim to design to catch the subcutaneous layer yes. to create that repositioning of the skin. So it yeah. gives you traction. That's what it's doing. It's gripping. It's gripping the internal layers of of the skin or the subcutaneous tissue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And just to confuse people a little bit more, <laughs> under the the non permanent threads category, there are actually lifting threads and non lifting threads. Right. So we're talking about the lifting threads with the cones or barbs on the threads. They are also non lifting threads, which are just tiny little threads that have no big barbs or cones on them. Are and those just, the ones
0: where you see these crazy
2: pictures on Instagram with, with a thousand things to exactly, get on his face. Exactly. Okay. So I personally don't like to call that procedure a thread lift. Yes. Because there's no repositioning of the skin. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I I would probably categorize them as non-repositioning threads. Yes. And they are repositioning threads or lifting threads, non-lifting threads. And the purpose of
0: those, and hopefully I'm not saying this wrong, is to stimulate collagen but nothing else.
2: That's or, right, to support the skin and okay. stimulate collagen. Okay, so it's collagen.
0: almost like a, a non-injected
2: collagen stimulator. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So sometimes you hear patients say, oh, I had a thread lift done and there was no lifting. Well... I asked them, what, what threads did you have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so uh, if they had one of those non-lifting threads procedure, so then... Then they're not going to get a lift. They're not going to get a lift. Okay, okay, fine. So back to the lifting non-permanent threads. Uh, so the threads with cones on them, uh, currently there's a brand called Silhouette Soft yes. in Australia, and they aim to catch the subcutaneous tissue with cones on the threads. Great. And then the other threads, with there are the barbed threads. Uh, the, the brands will be at the moment approved ones will be Mint, uh, that made in Korea, yes, and Aptos. And what does a barb look like? Is it like a little knot? Or they're just tiny little spikes on the spikes. threads. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they they grab the, the subcutaneous, subcutaneous layer. Yeah.
0: Cool. And are they all made from a similar material, the
2: actual thread or the string? No. So so they made a. Different materials. So Silhouette Soft threads are made of PLLA, polyolactic acid. Right. Which is, uh, okay, I was going to say a filler, but which I'm which I'm not allowed to say that sure. particular uh, skin, yeah, that But analogous
0: to a type of injected filler. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. Aptos uh, threads are made of PCL, polycaprolactone. Okay. Uh, so those materials are designed to stimulate collagen as well. Yes. So... Usually, a lifting threads would also stimulate collagen under the skin. Yeah, and the the mint Korean mint threads are made of PDO, and that's polydioxanone. That's again, that's another material which can stimulate a bit of collagen as well. Right. I'm not going to go into which one lasts longer because I'm not going to offend anyone here. (laughs) But yeah, Um, but Um, presumably a bit subjective.
0: Everyone's different, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And how would you go about selecting the right thread for the right patient? How, do, how, how does that process work?
2: So uh, during the pre-treatment consultation, I will assess my patient's uh, cosmetic concerns. It does depend on a lot on their skin sagginess and skin quality. So, so generally I would only perform thread lifts on people with good skin quality with mild to moderate sagging. Right? Yeah. Yeah. now that's really subjective
0: because me as an injector who doesn't do threads so I don't have the alternative to do a thread I would use the same criteria for are you a filler candidate or are you not hmm. so this is where a lot of our listeners and we've had quite a few people submit questions actually yeah. have sort of said I don't get it I don't get where threads sit and, and to be honest I'm sort of in that camp because I'm not seeing where I would need it so can you Maybe we've skipped a step. Maybe we need to work out or, or ask what type of people need a thread, <laughs> and and what sort of facial features are good and what are not so good, and where would you use filler versus a thread? I or think that's a really, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So these days, I actually frequently combine fillers with threads. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll explain why that is, uh, because if you if you if you think about the anatomy of aging. Uh, so, it starts with bone resorption. Yes. So, the deep structures and the deep fat uh, deflates. Yeah. So, so fillers, uh, as you know, the purpose of fillers is to fill, is to volumize. Yes. So, we want to volumize the deep structures. Uh, so, this is why the fillers come in. Yeah. And threads, they sit in this sub- subcutaneous layer. So, they reposition that sagging skin. Sure. Which I think fillers don't really do as well. Not saying that they don't. Uh, so, for, I'll give you an example. Say, say the nasolabial fold. Yes, that's actually an area anatomically known as a transition zone, where the uh, the more mobile sagging cheek fat sags over the more uh, fixed fibrous fat around the mouth. So, yes. so the the actual at the subcutaneous level. There's there's no it's not a area of volume loss at the subcutaneous level. Yeah, it's like a boundary. That's it, it's a it's a it's a transition zone. So what happens as you know, uh if you put too much filler in the nasolabial fold, It's in you're trying to fill an area that doesn't have a lot of volume loss. So you you end up with very weird look, overfilled yes. weird look when the people smile. Yeah. So this is where I rather position that subcutaneous. Fat with threads. Yes. Yeah. So.
0: But why wouldn't you choose a filler above to re the cheek and stop that bunching on that transition zone?
2: I find it's not quite as effective. Uh, th- th- there was actually a, a, a paper published by Lambros in 2018 and yeah. he, uh, he actually measured the nasolabial fold after putting fillers in on, on male cheek- cheekbones. Yes. And, uh, and he found there was very minimal lift in the actual nasolabial fold. <laughs> it's an interesting paper. Uh, so so I, I, I think fillers definitely have a place yeah. and, and it's still very important to use fillers. I'm talking about overfilling in areas that does not have volume loss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you see that a bit. Yeah. You see that people
1: trying to avoid that next step, which might be a facelift or potentially some sort of thread procedure where you start getting these unusual looks with overfilled faces and you you, you know you, you sort of see, it's got a very recognizable aesthetic when you see overfilled patients. Well, have, I yeah.
0: still, you know, you can't prove every case, but I'm still of the opinion that you can't really. Aff- no one could afford to be overfilled. Mm. I mean, truly <laughs> expensive. <laughs> you you could. <laughs> I, I think the issue is that, like Gordon said, people have filled inappropriate areas mm. so they don't look anatomically normal.
1: Mm
2: yeah
0: it's not that they've had 50 mils in their face it's mm. just not
1: mm,
2: mm. You know, it's not possible however i, I do get uh, a lot of patients coming to me because i'm known as the thread lift experts <laughs> and, and, and and people come to me because they are so scared of fillers <laughs> yes for some reason in the i found that in the last couple of years and they've seen people coming out of these um, certain clinics that are looking overfilled yes so i've i've recently and maybe it might be social media i'm not sure but i've most of my uh clientele my patient base uh that want thrillers uh you're over 40s mm-hmm. so uh they don't want that overfilled look
0: but and so that's because of the fear of the look not the fear of the procedure or the downtime that's right
2: that's right so so i'm actually trying to re-educate them i said you still need some feelers Yeah. so but the thing is they They've seen some maybe bad work or overfilled faces and they said, look, I do not want fillers. I said, have you ever had fillers? Done? No, I haven't. Yeah. Well, then why don't you want fillers? <laughs> well, just,
0: yeah. the, my answer to that, and it happens in every clinic around the country, I'm sure is it's not the fillers problem. It's the injector that's the problem.
2: Yeah, exactly. but sometimes <laughs> it's
1: not even a problem. I mean, you've got different generations of people that are different aesthetic uh, sort of um, appeals to them. Yeah. So I find that people who are younger can get away with it, or can get away with or mm want a more exaggerated look that's just the aesthetic and those people are very vocal cool. they put a lot of photos up online yep. so that tends they're the people with the loudest voices at the moment that's it and perhaps it's that aesthetic that is scaring i guess people who are a little older maybe more conservative that go oh hold on a second fillers exaggerated fake over the top look don't want it yep. whereas all the normal people not normal people who have got more of a <laughs> people that have got more of a subtle natural look not exaggerated you don't notice those people you walk by them, you wouldn't even know they've had something the, done. So, they don't associate fillers being able to
2: create normal, a, a normal natural mm, aesthetic. Mm, that's exactly, right.
1: exactly. Would that be accurate, do you think? Yeah,
2: yeah. There's definitely a big section of the market that want that natural look. Yeah. And and to be honest, I, I think threads are not able to give that over-exaggerated appearance, even if I tried. Okay. So So, it's to do with repositioning of the... Subcutaneous layer or of a skin, it's not going to achieve that surgical facelift look. Yes. It's not going to volumize your lips. It's not going to volumize your cheeks or chin by a huge yeah. amount. Yeah. So, I think feel is you know, still important. Yeah. Uh, it's just that uh, threads, people like to use threads they want threads because they feel it's going to make them look more natural. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I've been amazed at how many clients turn around and say, "No, no, 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 I don't want filler. I'm going to go and have a facelift." Mm. And I'm like, "Wow, that's a huge leap. It's you've gone from you know spending maybe a couple of grand with minimal downtime with immediate result."
1: to a 30 grand procedure with risk of nerve damage and God knows what else. I and mean, it's also the time off work and yeah, and yeah. That's what, yeah. And the fear, like, you know, it's an anesthetic, you know, there's, there's risks involved with surgery. But, so. th-
0: but these are the people saying, oh no, no, I don't want to bruise.
1: I'll yeah, go and have a facelift. Yeah,
2: it's
0: it. it yeah. You know, the, I I don't think people fully understand bit by bit. And do, do you think that threads sit in between that? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so I've
2: got patients that don't want fillers. They don't want a face a surgical facelift. Yes. Uh, maybe they don't have the money for a surgical facelift. They think maybe they think that surgical facelift is is too much, or uh, they think that they're not quite ready or they don't have enough skin sack. In fact, they've been maybe told by their plastic surgeons that they're not suitable for a a facelift yet. Uh, That usually in that early 40s categories, which you've got some mild sagging, uh, but not enough for them to have a surgical facelift. But they also don't want the overfilled look with fillers. That's what they perceive. Uh, So, you know, I kind of had to re-educate them and reassess every case. Uh, So it's not that... That thread lifts would be suitable for everyone, and it's not that fillers is not suitable. So I do combine them quite yeah, a lot. It's just another
1: yeah. tool in the toolbox,
2: right? It's not exactly like, not every tool is suitable for
1: every job, and sometimes you need multiple tools yeah to achieve that, the that's outcome right. that you want. So I mean, fillers aren't going to address you know I guess larger sections of sagging skin, whereas threads aren't going to address, really if if there's been fat loss, they're not going to address a volume issues. It's sort of like, well, you just got to pick the tool that's mm. best mm. for the job. And maybe you need both tools sometimes.
2: Yeah. 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 That's right. So yeah. if you think about it, botulinum toxin, we use it to, for anti-wrinkle uh, thre- uh, fillers, we use to volumize and threads are used to reposition skin. Yes. So different tools for different yeah. uh, anatomical structures. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know this is difficult
0: for people listening who, who maybe don't necessarily know what we're talking about, but when we're talking about sagging of the face, mm-hmm. we're really talking about where, you know, you've kind of lost the shape of your cheekbone. You might start to develop a hollow under your eye and you're getting a deeper fold from the corner of the nose to the mouth and that on the corner of the jaw, yeah. where you get a jowl. Yeah. That, it's sort of the side of the face is slipping downwards and towards the jawline. That's right. So is that a good candidate for a thread? that sort of look
2: uh yeah generally so so i'm looking at sagging of the that superficial fat layer, superficial skin and fat layer so 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 generally yes that is usually what people come to me for yes and and threads i would say that most of my thread lift cases are mid and lower face sagging yes and that's usually combined with some underlying volume loss uh, on the bone in the deep fat compartments. Yeah. So, I would still recommend fillers.
0: Okay, yeah, because uh, you know some of the questions that we've been submitted, people will say, "Look, I've seen these before and afters of thread cases, and the people, sorry, the models are very young or, or young looking at least, and they might have a mild little marionette line mm-hmm. or, or like a small jowl, Yeah. and then the improvement is." sort of you know it's okay but mm-hmm. it's minimal mm-hmm. and and in my mind i think she needs filler mm. she just needs to re-volumize sort of the the pre-jowl area and the chin area and soften that transition yeah but this is again where i don't have the thread expertise to maybe
2: make that decision <laughs> So, so when you inject filler in that marionette folds and around especially the perioral area, su- yes. if you inject superficially, uh, we know that fillers around that area doesn't quite last as long. Because mm-hmm. uh, you're using your mouth, et cetera. Yeah, because it's a mobile area we're talking and to. And so the fillers usually, I'm talking about hyaluronic acid fillers, yes. uh, they seem to wear off fairly quickly mm-hmm. around that area. Uh, so we're talking about less than, usually less than eight months. Depends on the brand. Depends on in. Okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, of course. So, so, threads, I have found the thread the result if they stimulate collagen, they seem to last close to two years. Great, yeah, that's good. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, I've done patients between the ages from as young as 23 mm-hmm. and as old as 76. Wow, wow. Yeah. So, maybe I was thinking this could be a good spot
1: to maybe just talk through some of the questions that we've been sent in by our listeners and then once we've gone through those maybe we can just go through like a typical procedure so someone's got an understanding of Start you know, to finish. yeah your consult they have I guess procedure recovery complications side effects all that sort of stuff are you yep. okay with that? Yeah so we've had a question sent in from Jill Kirkwood. Hey Jill, thanks for sending in a question. Thank you Jill thank you. Um, so she's got a couple of questions. She would like to know get some clarity on who is able to perform threads here in Australia. Um, does the same principle apply for registered nurses so um, they're used for sort of injectables and scripting yeah so that's she- a big question actually yeah. And the second, do you want to just answer that question first, and i yeah, sure. second. Yeah, sure.
2: Sure. So my understanding is that um, so because threads essentially are a suture, so so anyone that's allowed medically under in Australia license to use to do suturing, uh, they should be allowed to use threads. So medical students <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to vets act, to perform on real patients. I mean, yeah. Uh, so uh my understanding is that doctors and nurse practitioners uh, if they are allowed to do suturing then they should be able to do be legally allowed in Australia to perform a threat lift procedure yeah however registered nurses uh, my understanding is that they they don't perform suturing normally so so they don't they're not usually allowed to do So that's really interesting because
0: certainly not to name names, but Mm. you can just see on Instagram there are nurses doing this. Yeah. So uh, I think one of the arguments has been it depends on what your insurer will
2: insure you for. Uh, Okay. So I have – from my my understanding is that um, we're talking about registered nurses, not nurse practitioners. Yeah, registered nurses. So registered nurses – my understanding is, don't quote me on this, but my understanding that, that from what I've seen so far, the registered nurses have been doing the non-lifting threads. PDO. The PDO ones. Yeah, okay. okay. So, they're, they're the ones that you don't actually pull up any threads and you're not inserting a big thread. So, And they basically just stick a needle which ha- has the thread preloaded on the needle. Yes. So, they inject a, the needle and pull the needle out and the thread's in there. Yeah, So, it's okay. like an injection. Yes. So if nurses are allowed to do injections, then they probably can do those type of threats. Again, I don't know the legality behind all that, but I think maybe that's why they're allowed to do it. Okay. Um, it does depend on the insurance. My understanding is that uh, I have friends who are nurses and nurse practitioners. Yes. So uh, I have one friend that she started doing threat lifts and her insurance went up a lot. Right. So okay. she stopped doing it because she felt that she wasn't doing enough to justify the insurance. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, legally in Australia, that's Currently, my understanding, that's that's what happens. Okay, and just to be clear, the thread
0: is a device, not a drug or an S4 drug. So you don't need a script.
1: That's my understanding, that's correct. Yeah. Um, The second question she asked was, I guess we've kind of touched on this, is just around the overwhelming um, number of products that are available. So I guess she just wanted to know, like what threads are currently approved here in Australia and
2: which ones I guess would you recommend? The ones that I'm aware of, yep. uh, the brand names will be Silhouette Soft, yep. Mint, Aptos, mm-hmm. and yep. there's a recent one that got approved called Ultra V that's from Korea.
1: Okay. Mm. All right. So there's not that many four or so brands. There
2: may be other ones I'm not
1: aware of. Mm hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, And then we had Charlotte from ABC Aesthetics. Hey, Charlotte. <laughs> she has a heap of questions and I'm just going to run through them. I think you may have asked some of them. <laughs> yeah. um, how long do they realistically last? Mm-hmm. I guess that depends on the thread and the
2: person and the area of the Correct. face, right? So, it does depend on the material. If we're talking about the lifting threads, it, yes, it does depend on how many threads we put in, uh, the type of material, so I'm very I'm I'm the key opinion leader for Silhouette Soft. So, so I have seen articles on Silhouette Soft where the they've done histological uh, biopsies on on people who's had the actual th- Silhouette threads put in. Yes, and I think this will probably be quite comparable for most threads, most materials. So, so they they find that the collagen start to appear at three months after the procedure, mm-hmm. and at nine months, there's maximum collagen. Yeah. The, the, two years later, the, there's still a tiny bit of thread material and there's still plenty of collagen. My clinical experience too is that the the result of the thread lift, it's still good after two years. That's okay. great. So I usually, my patients, I literally just had a, a message yesterday from a patient who I performed. Her, her exact message was, I, you did my thread lift two years ago. I'd like to come back and do it again. So <laughs> so Okay. Yeah. And you
0: know, this is so subjective and it's the same as when people say, How long are my filler's gonna last? and well, how many mills you have and what's your concern, et cetera. But I think if you've got that before photo, pre filler or pre thread and two year photo, most people can still look back and go, Oh, do you know what? I, I thought it all gone, but I still look better. Yeah. But it's it's so subjective to exactly saying, Is it lasting, is it not lasting? Well, how long's a piece of string?
2: Th- there is a, a a general misconception, even with some of the experienced doctors, is that I have found that, my, in my experience, I found that in about a month, there is some fluid building up around the threads, doesn't mm. matter what type. And th- I think this it's a fluid that builds around the threads before it builds collagen. So this is a theory of trying to improve, we're going to organize some ultrasounds, uh, but I've actually done it. On one of the patients, so uh, I saw a bit of fluid there. So in, in about a month, there's some skin sagging down, back down because of that fluid pushing right. on the skin. So if some people think oh, after a month, all oh, the th- all the threads are gone, or they haven't worked. Yeah. So I pretty much tell all my patients just be patient, just wait another two months. That's when the fluids gets absorbed, yes. and it's going to be collagen that start to appear, and that's when you're going to see more result. Okay. So, so, so if people say oh, after a month. There's no result. Yeah. It, it's probably not a bad time to assess a result.
0: And you know, for those people used to injectables, that's quite a long time to wait for a result, three months. Is oh, that?
2: No, they, they do get a result straight away. like, ah, okay. in, like within get the, the first, straight away, right? Yeah, because yeah. from the from the barbs and the, right, the okay, cones, sure. they do they do. It's just that once that fluid builds up around the thread, they feel that skin's been pushed down a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's from the edema of the around the threads. So then they're going to get even better result in a few months once the collagen builds up. So, yeah. So she's got a
1: few other questions here, which I think we'll cover when we're going through the actual procedure itself. But a couple that probably fell outside of that discussion that we'll have in a minute is, um, what happens to the threads in your skin over time? So I guess we can cover, we sort of covered that. Mm -hmm. Um, She's also asked about fillers over the top. And if so, like how long after Mm -hmm. can you potentially do it? Mm -hmm. And then she just wanted your opinion on what was better PDO or aptos
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that's a loaded question <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, okay so so what's the first well, one? If oh, we could cover,
0: cover the one with what happens to the the thread because a lot of people have got this imaginary thing even though you're telling them it's a non-permanent mm-hmm. thread that mm-hmm. they've got strings in their face forever so what is it broken down to is it water is it hydrolyzed
2: yeah, so it generally gets broken down uh, by hydrolysis, a lot of the, or some, but it depends on the material. So, yeah. so uh, the Silhouette Soft report I've seen, uh, there's, most of the threads are gone by <laughs> about 15 months after procedure. Yeah. So, yeah, so they did stop, they dissolve. They, then you end up with just the collagen in your skin. Yes. Yeah. And do you know Dr. Mobin down in uh, Melbourne?
0: He's a radiologist who also does injectables.
2: No, no. I should link you
0: guys up. I okay. want to do a podcast with him. Okay. He, right. He's been doing really interesting work where he's been doing facial MRI after yep. fillers, okay, and and see where they go. Do they migrate? Oh. Do they not? Do they yeah. overfill, etc. And how long do they last? But it'd be great to do one on threads. Absolutely. And also, I'm curious. Do you sort of, if you did an MRI, would you see sort of like a tunnel of collagen in an unusual sort of uh, orientation to normal anatomy? You know, literally I, following I have the. Seen,
2: path? Uh, Articles on people who's done the threads, yeah, and uh, actually by a couple of Italian plastic surgeons, actually a group of Italian plastic surgeons, yeah, they were they took out some threads after a surgical facelift, right, and they found is this, this band of this this capsule of um, collagen around the threads, so literally like a, a tunnel of collagen, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine that's going to have a
0: significant lift, or, or yeah. presumably,
2: yeah. So, I did my um, father's <laughs> face thread leaves thread about three years ago. Oh, my, that... my, my dad's my dad's seventy six this year. Yeah, uh, he was seventy three three years ago. So, I did the silhouette soft uh, thread leaves on him. Was that the first thing he'd ever done, or has he done other stuff? Uh, that's the first thing he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> he just outed your dad. Nice. <laughs> And I can show you the photos. And um, so this year, it's his second time around. He's going overseas to visit some friends. Uh, He wanted another bit of a lift. And the first time around, it was great. Like there was was some lifting, not bad. This time around, I was doing his threads When I was traversing the the thread needle through his skin. Mm -hmm. uh, he still got so much collagen. Like there's just, there's so much toughness under the skin. And I had problem getting my needle through Yeah. at, at 76.
0: Yeah, you can feel that when you're putting a canner in someone's face who's had threads. It's it's very gritty and yeah, and you can feel it. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, so getting to the question around um, filler over the top, and if so, how long after threads can it depends be
2: on what type of filler, right? Mm. So we'll just go non permanent, which is what people are okay. So we're using. talking about the HA hyaluronic acid fillers. Yes, no problem. And uh, at I've done what that. time frame post fresh thread can't speak <laughs> fresh fresh <Fred's>. thread <laughs> no, I, I think you can like I frequently do uh HA fillers deep so so it's a different plane so yes. so I, I do even sometimes in the same session so if I might inject okay. HA fillers onto bone and then put the threads in the subcutaneous layer okay. so there's sure. no conflict there uh, you're not in the same layer mm. even though you may be around the same location yeah uh well, no risk generally, of advise. Like, sorry, there's no risk of like, like cutting
1: the thread with the cannula as you go through. Or no, the, the no, threads uh, age are actually quite tough. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, when you're doing your thread, just sort of touch on the the filler debate. The, the worry is infection, isn't it? So uh, when you're doing your thread, is it? presumably, I mean, I've seen it. It's, it's almost under surgical sort of sterility with drapes and gowns and you know uh, yeah. sterile gloves etc so presumably the risk of uh, you know adding a further issue with the fillers just the same as not having the thread it's the same sterility right
2: yeah so so i, I do everything under aseptic techniques yes uh touch i've never had one case of infection uh, under my hands but i i, I hear that they can, they can happen yeah uh, so I clean everything really well with glycerin and prep them really well. So so I do it almost like a surgical procedure. But yeah. But I yeah. Uh, so with fillers, you're not. I guess you're not creating as much, uh, as big a, a an entry hole mm-hmm. as threads, because these threads sometimes you need to use an 18 gauge needle right, to yeah. create to break the skin. So okay. So okay. Mm. Um, and can they migrate? Threads? Yeah. Depends on how you do it. Uh, okay. I have read reports that su- certain threads can can move. Mm. It do- so it does depend on again the practitioner, how many threads you put in, how how the threads are secured, barbs, barbs cones versus and... cones, and are we talking about the the lifting threads or the non lifting threads? Okay, so okay, you can and see where
0: the confusion comes from, can't
2: you? It's a lot of confusion. yeah. <laughs> a lot on my head is hurting. Um,
1: <laughs> and in terms of, I guess price range for people, I mean, what are pe- what should people really, and I guess, gosh, it depends on how many, right? Sure. How many threads, yep. what type of threads you're using, but yep. just
2: maybe ballpark, what people potentially should be looking, looking at? Okay, so my understanding with the non-lifting threads at the moment, uh, so they're just little ones that stimulate collagen, uh, they generally don't last as long as the ones that lift, and they're usually made of PDO uh, or yeah, it, do, it does depend. It does depend on the material, how many threads they put in, all that. So so the non-lifting ones, for park, I would say usually under $1,000. Right. Uh, but then don't quote me because I'm sure different practitioners charge differently. Yeah. Uh, so the threads that I do, mostly on paper over 40. And uh my my pricing at the moment is 3,500 upwards to depends on if they want face neck and how many threads so so it can go up to to sell sometimes six seven thousand dollars if i'm if i was adding fillers as well yeah doing including other treatments so it it all depends okay Yeah. yeah do you feel that this potentially could be prolonging the need for a facelift at
1: some point, so if people start with these procedures earlier and, and uh, keep up collagen and elastin mm. and all those
2: sorts of things, that yeah. they could be pushing back the need for a facelift. Yeah, in, in theory, I think that should be the case. Yeah, because you are pulling the skin up. I've done threads on both my parents, so so in their seventies, parents, yeah. So so, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so I've, I've observed their faces over the last couple of years, and I, I think they look great for seventy. They they haven't the faces haven't sagged, you know. They don't. Really require a facelift at, at their age so but then again they've also got nice asian skin like me. Yeah. so so um, Have an unfair advantage <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so so yeah I, I do think in theory if you're building up that collagen and it's going to stay in under the skin for a couple of years and you repeat it every few years or every, every couple of years i've got a lot of patients that come back every year to 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 just top up. To yeah. People like call it
0: collagen banking, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They're
2: so sort of- so I think in theory, yeah, that should delay the, the um, surgical facelift. Okay. Yeah, that's well, good. Huh? Mm. Everyone would like to avoid surgery if possible. Mm. Yeah. So Gordon, we've got so much more to talk about in
0: detail. Why don't we wrap things up for episode one? That's a great intro to Threads and I think a lot of people would go a lot of value out of that yeah. in episode two we'll get into specific indications a bit more detail uh the procedure itself downtime risks and, and and all the nitty-gritty is that all right with you yeah sure perfect well we'll have to host you again for episode two yeah um whilst we're uh thinking about it how can people contact you if they want to maybe have a thread lift procedure down in melbourne
2: okay i have a website just gordonku.com oh, that's g-o-r-k-u dot yep. com, and my Instagram uh, that's Dr. Gordon D-R-G-O-R-D-O-N-K-U Perfect, and they can just reach out ask you any question
0: and hopefully book in. Yes, that's right. Excellent. Great, thank, oh, thank you so much for your time and we will get you back for episode 2 of Threadlifting 101 Thank you. See you. Cheers soon. Gordon, thank you. Today's episode of the podcast was brought to you by BTL Aesthetics. So just to remind you about the MSculpt device, it's the world's only procedure that builds muscle and reduces fat at the same time. For the best results, four procedures are recommended and these
1: are done in a protocol of two a week for two weeks. So that's your four sessions. Yeah, and I think um, I'm gonna strap myself to the treatment bed for a treatment at some point and Jake's gonna go for his second round. (laughs) So that'll be (laughs) be interesting. So for anyone out there that would like more information on BTL aesthetics and the Sculpt machine in particular, you can reach out to them at btlaesthetics.com and all the information that you could possibly need, you will find there.
0: For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics,
1: follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.